You are listening to the Holmes Avenue Baptist Church Podcast. To learn more about Holmes Avenue or how you can join the mission, visit us online at holmesavenue.com. Well, much like that hit TV show, This Is Us, that followed uh, the Pearson family, God has a story of his people uh, and, the, and the identity that we have as Christ followers, as a faith family here at Holmes Avenue Baptist Church. So in this series, we are uh, looking at these uh, core values, some of our core values that, that we cling to and we hold to and describe us as the people of God that have been called here at Holmes Avenue Baptist Church. And last week, uh, Pastor Walter kicked us off with looking at family and the fact that we are a part of God's family. And today we're going to continue in that. We're looking at how we are a generous people. Now, for those of you that uh, have been here for some time, uh, you may note the fact that this is absolutely one of the very first times that I have preached on giving. (laughs) And you're like, oh, I'm going to tune him out now. He said giving. Please don't tune me out, okay? Please don't tune me out. Uh, For the most part, our church is a very, very generous uh, people, and I'm grateful for that. but a lot of pastors at times, they're, they're nervous. Um, it's like a sticky subject. They don't want to come across like they're just asking the church for more money, and, and that's not the case here. We're, we're looking at our identity as Christ followers and as a family here at Holmes Avenue, what it means uh, to do that, what it means to be on mission for God. And one of those things is that God has called us to be a generous people. Now, the, the bulk of what we're talking about today is with giving and, and finances and those kind of things but we're also thinking about the fact that we are generous with our time and the many other ways in which God can utilize us for the mission that he's called us to here at Homes and how we can be used to advance the Lord's kingdom. Now, one of the things that uh, we are witnessing right now at Homes Avenue is an overabundance of generosity, In the 76 years of ministry God has blessed us with here at 4602 Durant Avenue, this property, uh, we are seeing something today that has just been a tremendous blessing for us. Uh, You remember back at the beginning of the year, uh, we had talked about it for quite some time, I've been praying for it, and and now we have moved into this partnership with Charleston Bilingual Academy, and August is going to be here before we know it, (laughs) and school's going to be started, and things are going to be happening in some incredible ways around here. We're going to see so many kids. kids that are going to be coming in and hearing the gospel. But along with that, Charleston Bilingual has been extremely generous to our church family uh, by providing the the funds in overabundance uh, to cover all of the renovations that are needed for this. Now, yes, that's one thing that's coming in and being used for for the school's purpose uh, of being able to utilize that, but we get to utilize it too. And it's something that our church family on our own, we could do, but it would have taken us a long time to do so. And what we've been seeing is, as God has been showing his generosity through Nate and through Charleston Bilingual, our church has been blessed by it because we get to see this this newness of life around our campus. I mean, uh, soon, we'll talk about it afterwards uh, during our uh, family meeting that we'll have right after the gathering, but um, it's getting to the point now to where it's safe enough to where you can walk through the halls and and all of that so we can show you guys more and more of what God's been doing there. It, It looks incredible what's happening so far. But one of the things about that is that I just want to point out is when we see the people of God be generous, we see that some incredible things can be accomplished for the kingdom. We have this beautiful partnership and what's happening here. And 
what's going to happen in the next few months is children are going to be coming every single day and hearing about Jesus Monday through Friday in these halls. It's a massive answer to prayer. When we think about money and in the word of God, we, we have to understand that uh, giving generously or being a generous people, it's an interesting topic and it's a very important one. Um, a couple of things that kind of stand out when we look at the Bible, uh, 50%, so half of Jesus's teaching in his parables involved money or possessions. One in six verses in the gospels talk about money or possessions. Let me ask you a question. What is one of the biggest stressors in life? It's money, right? It's money. We have to deal with money every single day. Like you can't get anything accomplished without having money. You have to be able to pay bills. You have to do all these things. And so it's a very important topic that we must discuss and we must understand what it means to do and be a generous people. So today we're going to do just that. And much like last week, uh, this is a little bit different than our normal format when we are preaching. You know that Walter and I love to preach expository sermons through books of the Bible, verse by verse. And this is more of a topical type message to show you some key areas from out the scriptures that point to it. So it's a little different than normal. But I'm going to pray, and then we're going to jump right in. So if you would, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, again, Lord, we come to you this morning, and we thank you now, Father, for the time, Lord, that we will open your word. Lord, I pray that the meditations of my heart and the words of my mouth would be pleasing unto you, and Father, that you would have your way. Lord, we love you. Teach us what we need to know. Have your way in us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so looking at this sermon today, these passages we're going to look at, if we are to be a generous people, we have to understand first and foremost that we are generous people because God has been generous to us, and then in doing so, we honor him with our lives, we bless others, and then we are blessed by doing so. So you see it there on the screen, the first point for today, if you're taking notes, I hope you are, is that we give generously because God gave generously to us. We give generously because God gave generously to us. You're going to see it there on the screen. If you want to turn there, you're welcome to. Uh, I won't be able to camp out in the passages as much as I would like to. This is more of a 30,000-foot view. But let's look at this in Ephesians 1, verses 3 through 14. The Word of the Lord says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. Verse 11. In him we have attained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. 
In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. I want to remind you again, this is more of a 30,000 foot view, okay? We could spend weeks in these verses, okay? We could spend weeks in these verses. But we see here from this passage that, that God has been generous to us, right? We see that his generosity has been there. We, as the scripture tells us, but follow Jesus, we're chosen, we're called to be holy and blameless before the Lord. It's a high calling. We've been adopted as sons and daughters through Jesus Christ, and that has been done through Jesus's precious shed blood on the cross of Calvary for the redemption and forgiveness of our sins. We, we just talked about that uh, just the last couple of weeks on Easter Sunday, right? We, we just remembered, and every Sunday that we gather together, we celebrate the resurrection, right? We celebrate the fact that Jesus got up from the grave. He's no longer in the tomb. The tomb is empty. The stone's been rolled away. He is risen, and he is risen because he went to the cross, and he died. His precious, perfect blood was poured out in our place. Why? Because God was generous to us. We were his enemies because of our sin and shame, yet God generously gives Jesus. And he promises us that there's this inheritance, right? I don't know about you guys, but when you, when you think of inheritance, right, it's something by earthly standards that you inherit it from a family member or something down the line. And for most part, when we inherit things, we cherish those things, right? Right? In my office right now, there's a Bible that is my great-grandmother Sarah's Bible. You may have heard me share this before, but it was given to her by her Sunday school class here at Holmes Avenue back in the 1940s and 50s. Like, there's a dedication page in there that is given to her. And my aunt, my dad's sister, she gave it to me when I was in Dallas a few years back and said, I want you to have this. This was your great-grandmother's Bible. I cherish that. That's like an inheritance for me. Like, I want this to still be passed down through the family. I love it. It's, it's very, uh, it's almost falling apart in certain aspects. Like, it was used, and you could tell it was used. And it's just this beautiful thing that I have. But even as beautiful and valuable as that is to me, there is something that is far greater of an inheritance that I have, that you and I have in Christ. It is the inheritance of the promise that when he calls us home to heaven, we will be with him for eternity. And that price was paid once and for all, signed, sealed, delivered by Jesus when his precious blood was shed out on the cross for us. This is how incredibly generous our God is to us. Although we sinned against him, although we were his enemies, Christ died for us. This one's not on the screen, but I think about the Apostle Paul as he's writing to the church at Rome in chapter 5. He says that while we were still sinners, Christ Jesus died for us. While we were still sinners, you and I weren't even born yet at the point where Jesus is hanging on the cross, yet he knew the day would come where Brian Eyre would be born and his, his perfect blood being poured out, the price that he paid would be for me, although I would sin against him. That's a generous God. That's a loving God that shows this to us. Don't miss the ending, though, of what we read there going into 13 and 14. 
we have this promise of the Holy Spirit of God, the part of the Trinity that comes and he indwells us. And the scriptures tell us that it's the, the promised Holy Spirit that is sealing us for the guaranteed inheritance. It's not something that we may lose down the line. No, it is a guarantee, a guaranteed inheritance of what is to come. So beautiful that this is our God. This is our God. He is overly generous, giving us everything, don't miss this, when we deserved nothing. He's given us everything when we deserve nothing. And it's because of his generosity that we must be generous people because it honors him. Which is point number two. We give generously to honor God. We give generously to honor God. We have to first make sure that we note this. This is a very important thing to note. Would you agree with me that every single thing is the Lord's? Everything is the Lord's. He's the creator and sustainer of all things, right? Like everything that we have by our own hands, it's stuff that we have because God has provided the means for us to be able to pursue those things. Everything is the Lord's. Yes, we may have to work to earn a living, but the Lord provided the means by which we could have the breath in our lungs to get up and to go. He created us with the minds that we have to be able to do the work that we do so that we can go forth to learn, to grow, to make a living, to do that. But everything is still the Lord's, and we're called to give back to him. When you and I are generous, we honor God. Here's a passage that's on the screen. Deuteronomy 8.18 says this, You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may confirm his covenant that he swore to your fathers as it is this day. See, here in this passage in Deuteronomy, God is reminding the people that they are called to honor him. He is their God. He is the one that delivered them from slavery in Egypt. He's reminding them, hey, you guys are free because of me. I'm your provider. I am your everything. They shouldn't dare suggest that uh, they, in their own means, their own power, that they were able to have their wealth by their own means. No, it was the Lord who always provided for them, provided for their means to do things. Let me ask this question. How quickly do we forget that? How quickly do we forget that? How quickly do we think, oh, I have to do this, and I've got to control the situation. I did this. I did this. I did this. It's so easy for us to fall into, especially when a culture that's around us is saying, me, 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 me. It's so easy for us to take the focus off of God and remember, wait, God, you generously have given to me through Jesus You also have been generous to me to show the things that I am able to have in this life. Not so I can build up a bunch of wealth. No, so I can use these things for your purposes, for your kingdom to come, your will to be done. The important thing we have to remember is that anything in our own strength, in our own power that we pursue that is not focused on God and being used for God's glory, we will fail. It may look like we succeed for a period of time, but that's only for a mere period of time because it will eventually fail. The Lord provides the means for us, therefore we must honor him. How can we do this as a faith family here 
at homes? Well, we are generous people. We give generously. One of the teachings of Jesus that comes down to the heart of the matter is found in Matthew chapter 6, 19 through 21. As Jesus is giving his sermon on the mount, he's preaching and he's teaching about these things. And it's a famous passage that you probably can recall, but it's there on the screen for you. Matthew 6, 19 through 21. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The reality is, I think we can all agree with this, right? You and I, we value our possessions, right? We do. It's just, it's who we are. We value our possessions, But if we're hindering, focused on the Lord and doing things that he's called us to do for kingdom purposes, our priorities are out of whack. I'll put it this way. I've said it before. It's a a matter of a heart issue at times. And when I think about those things that we pursue and that we want to have those treasures that are here on earth, you guys know, like, I'm, I'm a big pro wrestling fan. You know that. Two favorite wrestlers of all time, Brett Hitman Hart and Sting. Like, those are my two guys. And I have things at my house in my little man spot. I don't have much anymore because the kids have taken it over. But my little man spot in there, I have a, a singlet that Bret Hart has worn that had his autograph on it. And I have some autographs of Sting. And those are like treasured possessions for me, right? Those are things that I have that I don't want anything to happen to. I've got them in a nice little case off to the side so that nobody messes with it. Like, those are my things. Those are things that I treasure, But here's the thing, at the end of the day, those treasures that I hold on to and I cling to, that I love to look at and have, and that's all they are is they're there to just look at. But those things that I have at the end of time, they're not gonna advance. They're not gonna go with me to that eternal inheritance that I have. Now that's not saying that you can't have things like that that you want and that you value, but here's the thing. If those treasures become the primary focus and we take God out of the equation, we're sinning against God. We're not looking at the thing that is primary and that is the Lord and what he wants. Put it this way. If I were to go and say, hey, I want every single thing possible I could get that is stings and Bret Hart's and have all these kind of autographs and all that kind of stuff, and I pour my money into that, I'm taking my priority off of focusing on God and his kingdom work that he's called me to do, And I'm also focusing all of that attention on things that don't matter, i.e. leaving my family behind and putting them in financial issues. Where our treasure is, that's where our heart will be also. When we focus on those treasures, we have to remember the ultimate treasure is Jesus. The ultimate treasure is Jesus. The ultimate thing that he has called us to do is to focus on his kingdom work. Think of it this way. If our hearts are connected to the things that we treasure, when we're focused on the right things, we are connected to the work of God and his kingdom purposes before anything else. This honors God. This leads us to understand something. 
When we have that focus and our, and our whole purpose is saying, God, I want to honor you, so I'm going to give and do this for your glory, for you to advance your kingdom, for you to do whatever you want to do, how you see fit, we bless others. Which brings us to point number three. Not only do we give generously to honor God, we give generously to bless others. You may recall from the, the verses that we're about to read uh, something from this of sometime a point last year when we were in Acts chapter 4. Um, it's, a, it's a powerful example for us to see here in 2023 by the early church search, shortly after Jesus' resurrection. Listen to Acts 4, 34 to 35. There was not a needy person among them, for as many as were owners of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of what they sold and laid it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to each as any had need. This is something very important for us to note. Here the Bible tells us that these believers, they had everything in common. They had everything in common, and they gave all that they had from selling property and such to the less fortunate in the family may have things. This is a foreign concept to the world we're in today, right? Like giving up of yourself and giving up of your things to help somebody else, it's a foreign concept in our world today. It used to be something that was more looked upon in a high esteem, but a lot of times that's not the case today. I said it a few moments ago, it's me, 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 me. And it's, I want to hold, I want to hold, I want to hold. Now, this is not us saying that we want you to give everything away to, to give to the church. That's not the case at all. But what I'm saying here is this. We see this example of how there were those that were a part of the early church that were less fortunate, that did not have things. And yet, brothers and sisters that are a part of the family of God there with the early church, they would go and they would sell their property. And of those proceeds, they would bring it to the apostles and lay it at their feet and say, do with this however we need it to be done with. That was a generous people. That's a generous example that we see from the word of God. I said a moment ago, the culture tells us it's about me. I have my truth. I deserve what I want that's rubbish. That's rubbish. The scriptures show us time and time again the necessity of putting other people's needs above our own. And in some way, shape, or form, we can give of ourselves generously through giving financially, giving of our time, giving of things to come alongside and help other people. And here's the beauty of it. Every single time we do that, it blesses the person that is receiving Every single time. Sometimes you may sit there and you may think, well, this is kind of pointless. I don't see how it's doing anything. No, when we are being a generous people and we are giving of generosity to people that are in need, we're doing it and giving it towards the work of God, we see that people are recipients of it and it changes their lives. Prayerfully, it changes their lives spiritually, but it may also change their lives in other ways. It puts an impact and I would dare say that it's an eternal impact. The greatest example that we have in the scriptures of this generosity is Jesus himself. We talked about that a moment ago. The scriptures tell us that he gave his life for us. It's the greatest form of love, this greatest example. And he has blessed us, have we not? Have we, has he not? 
For those of us who are Christians who follow Jesus, the greatest act of generosity that he could give by giving his life for us, it has truly blessed us, has it not? We have the promise of the inheritance. We are blessed because of the generosity that's been given to us. And we can look at this idea of blessing others within our own family, but then also looking at it through the lens of blessing others outside of our family. Let me give you some examples quickly. When we give generously to the mission of God here at Holmes Avenue, we provide funds for our community groups and ministries to utilize whatever resources they need to equip the saints for the work of ministry. Whether that is buying books that are needed, whether that's buying materials, whatever it is, it is things that are being used to be able to help those who are proclaiming and demonstrating the gospel as they go out into the world. We surprise, excuse me, we provide support to the South Carolina Baptist Convention, to the Charleston Baptist Association. Like, that's the state level, that's the, the local level, and then we also have the mission partners that we've prayed for regularly, that, that we talk about. We've got Calvary New City Church in Denver, Colorado. We've got the Dyer family in Southeast Asia. We've got Christ Center Solutions with Dr. West. We've got Youth for Christ, Puerto Rico. We have all of these different measures by which we have, Pastor Walter and I have connections. We talk to those people on a somewhat, if not weekly sometimes, basis. And we hear what God is doing in their ministries, and we have a direct connection to that because we are a generous people. When we give generously, it goes right into the budget that is able to give funds to support their mission work. And prayerfully, we'll be able to go and do mission trips to help them as well, giving generously of ourselves. We have outreach efforts that reach out into the harvest that bless others. Y'all know that we've done the spaghetti drive throughs before. We have several things that we're planning for the summer that we want to talk about with you guys soon of ways in which we can be outside the walls helping and blessing the community and making contact and, and being able to have gospel conversations to point people to Jesus. When we give generously, it goes towards those things. But I also want to just take it a step further and mention one other thing. When we look back at this passage from Acts, when we look at this passage, think about our family here. Think about our faith family right here at Holmes Avenue. If you know of someone within our family that is in need, be praying about the ways in which God could use you generously to impact that family member. Absolutely, we want you to call Walter. We want you to call me. We want you to call your family deacon. Tell them, hey, I heard that so-and-so has this going on in their life. Would you pray for them? Yes, absolutely. But let me make an encouragement. Let's not just leave it there and say, hey, all right, you guys take care of it. We're good to go. And then we're like, well, okay, let's figure it out. No, no, no. As members of this faith family, Let's hear that. Let's share it with the pastors. Let's share it with our family deacons. Let's figure out ways together that we can impact those people's lives right here within our family. It's a beautiful picture of Acts 4 where we see that they're coming alongside and they're doing whatever is needed to help those within the family. Because when we give generously, we bless others. And when we do that, lastly, God blesses us. 
give generously and God blesses us. And some of you might be hearing that and thinking, ha, here it is. I knew it. There was a, some kind of prosperity thing going on. No, 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 no. This is no prosperity gospel. The prosperity gospel is sinful. It's not the case at all. I know from personal experience that the scriptures are true in so many ways, but I've also seen a work of God in my own life where when the priorities are right, we see blessings of God towards his people. Last passage we're going to look at briefly is Malachi chapter 3, verses 10 through 12. They're on the screen for you. The Lord says, bring the full tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need, I will rebuke the devourer for you so that it will not destroy the fruits of your soil and your vine and your field shall not fail to bear, says the Lord of hosts. Then all nations will call you blessed, for you will be a land of delight, says the Lord of hosts. Here, God is telling his people to test him. This is the only time where the Lord says to do that, to where he says it's okay to do that. He's saying, hey, take me at my word. Test me. I'm telling you. If you do this, I will provide, and I will provide in abundance. And we've seen time and time again through the scriptures how God does just that. Now, he's referencing here to the people back from Leviticus chapter 3.20. He's telling them, bring the first fruits. Bring the first fruits, and trust me, I will supply your needs. I will give in overabundance. So he's telling them to go and follow what he's been telling them all along. Trust me. He promises that he will be faithful and bless their obedience. That right there is the biggest part of it. Obedience. Obedience. The Lord wants us to be faithful as he is faithful. When we are generous, the Lord is generous by taking care of us. He blesses us. And I can tell you this from personal experience. There have been times in, in our lives where Miranda, myself, and the kids, there's been those times where it's like, man, this is a huge bill. we got to figure this out. Well, maybe we should cut from this. No, 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 no. Let's continue to do what God has called us to do and give. And there's been times where it's been like, I don't know if this is going to work. And every single time, the Lord has been faithful. I'm not saying that we had some big checks show up at our door or something like that, but the Lord has been faithful. We haven't been without want. The Lord has always taken care of us because we've tried, and we don't always get it right, but we have tried to keep that be the center focus. Lord, this is what you've called us to do. He's been faithful to me in all aspects of my life. And if you're here as a Christ follower, you would say, yes, I've seen it in my own life too. So I guess the question for that is, do we trust him? What are some practical applications that we can just look at with this? Maybe you're sitting there and you're thinking, okay, well, uh, you know, we think about tithing and all this stuff. You know, I can't tithe 10%, so I won't give it all. I was giving you an example of just a moment ago when I was talking about uh, Miranda and I have an example of like, uh, should we, what do we do here? I want to encourage you, church. Paul talks about in Corinthians that the Lord loves a cheerful giver. 
if, if you were at the point where you're like, I don't, I don't know if I can even be giving towards this work of what God's doing here. I just don't have the financial means. I can't do X amount. Give what you can give. But don't just give because your pastors are asking you, hey, give. Give because you are grateful for the generosity that's been shown to you through God. Praise God for what he's done in your life. If, if that's something where you look at it and you're like, man, that's only like 1% of what I've got that I can give. Give. And don't do so out of compulsion. Do so out of an overflow of gratitude, thanking God for what he's done. We think about that idea of the first fruits and, and giving of what we have first. And you're like, well, I, I, do I really have to give of the first? And I would encourage you, try your best to do so. Try your best. Because here's the thing, I can guarantee, because I've seen it time and time again. If you're at the point where you're like, okay, I want to give my first fruits. I want to try my best to give that. But I've got this bill. I've got this. I've got this. I've got this. If we focus on those, and we have to take care of those things, I get it. Trust me. But if we get to those points where we're saying, uh, I've got this, I got to take care of, let me pay this, let me pay this, let me pay this, let me pay this, let me, let me do those things first, and then I'll give, I can guarantee you, by the time you do all of that, you're going to look at it, you're going to say, oh, I don't really have enough to be able to give this. Change the priority. I can almost guarantee, because I know myself, there's probably some streaming services <laughs> There's probably some extra things that we spend money on that we could probably do away with to give towards the work of God. And then you might be sitting there and you might say, tying in kind of what I said a moment ago, well, I don't give at all. I don't give at all. I want to encourage you to really stop and seek the Lord and ask why. Ask yourself Why? Do you just not give because you financially don't feel that you have the means to do that? And that's understandable. There's some people that they just can't. But I, I think of in Scripture the woman that could only give just a tiny, tiny bit rather than this overabundance. And Jesus acknowledged her giving because even in the little, she gave much. I want to encourage you prayerfully consider to give. I want to bring this all back to where we started today because I'm, I'm, I'm finished, I promise. The Lord has been extremely generous to us. He paid the ultimate price for our sins. You may have heard a message today about being generous, but the most important thing I want you to understand and remember is that we do what we do because God was generous to us first. So I want to challenge you. I don't, I don't know where you are today as far as being generous. But I just want you to ask the question, Lord, am I being generous? Am I being generous with my funds? Am I being generous with my time? And, re and really wrestle with that and ask those questions. And if there's something that I said today and you're like, hey, I, I don't agree with that. I got questions about that. Open book. We can talk about it. You want help with trying to figure out how to do this? What's the next step? Those kind of things. We're here for you. But we have to remember that as the family of God, we are called to be a generous people. 
because that's how the God uses us here in our area through the ministry of what he's called here. We are doing those things for the work of the mission first and foremost. And I think this goes without saying, but let me just say it. This is nothing about paychecks or anything like that. At the end of the day, that stuff doesn't matter to us. We want to advance the mission of God so we can see his kingdom come and his will be done so that lives are impacted, hearts are changed, and people understand the inheritance that is coming for them. Would you pray with me? Father in heaven, Lord, I am so grateful for you and the overabundance of generosity that you have shown to us. God, you have been so kind to us. So kind. While we were still sinners, Christ Jesus, you died for us. When we deserved your wrath, you went and took our place. Thank you, Lord. Father, I know with a sermon on giving that it could be a, it's a tough matter. It's, it's, a, it's a tough thing to wrestle with and think through because we engage and think through money all the time. And the, the Lord was very clear when it came to finances and possessions. That's where our heart is also. And Lord, I don't know for every single person here within the sound of my voice or listening online, it can be a tough subject. We so often want to cling to things when it's more freeing to let go and to trust you and to watch as you make clear in your word that you take care of us and you provide for us. Lord, I do pray that, that our people would hear me today that we are a generous people. We've seen it. But Lord, for those that maybe are wrestling with this idea of I want to attempt to be a generous person, Lord, give them the clarity and the wisdom to understand what they need to do next. Help us as their shepherds to be able to guide them. Or there are so many examples that we can think and reflect on of the generosity that we see that's been given to our church, given to us. And Lord, I think the biggest thing that we can do right now is say thank you. Thank you for loving us despite our sin. Thank you for being gracious to us when we did not deserve it. Thank you, Lord, that we don't have to do things to earn your favor that when Jesus says it is finished, it was finished, truly. Lord, as I always pray, I ask God that you would have your way in us. We love you and we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen.